make deals. Base hits to right field. Here comes Richardson. Here's the throw for Marquez. Richardson is safe. Derek Jeter ends his final game with a walk-off single. Derek Jeter, where fantasy becomes reality. Did you have any doubt? That is absolutely clobber. Good gosh, where is that going to land? Oh, my, what a bomb from Aaron Judge. Testing the limits of Safeco Field with home run number 31. OMG. This is Brandon Lockridge, and you're listening to the Bronx Machachos. Welcome, everyone, to the newest edition of the Bronx Machachos podcast. I'm your host, Mark, and tonight I got with us Danny. Here. What's good, everybody? And we got Dave with us tonight. What's going on, everybody? Good evening. <laughs> Be sure to remember to, to rate, subscribe, like, all that fun stuff on Apple Podcasts. Let us know how you feel about the podcast. Give us a review. Uh, don't forget to listen anywhere else you get it from. Check out our YouTube page as well. You can catch us on uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all that fun stuff. Um, before we get into all the good and fun and giggly stuff that we usually get into today, uh, we just wanted to touch base on something that happened earlier in the week in the, with the Texas shooting. We want to send out our prayers and best wishes to all the families that were affected by that. Uh, the three of us, including our, including Alex, who's not with us tonight, we all have young children. So that's something that hits home to every single one of us here. And even our producer, Manny, has a, has a child as well. So on a personal note here for each one of us, that kind of hits, hits, hits us right to the core. So we want to send out our best wishes to everybody. Um, let, it, let everyone know that we're thinking about them. And, you know, this gun violence thing, somewhere, some way, shape, or form, it's got to get itself figured out. Uh, but that's for our politics, and that's not something we're really going to dive into because that's not what we're about. But it won't really uh, jive for everybody. Someone's someone's always going to have a different opinion about what's going on. But the bigger, broader point of this is that our thoughts, prayers, and and all of our all of our wishes go out to those families that were affected by what happened in Texas. Well said, man. Well said. Bravo. Um, yeah. Uh, but, you know, on, on, you know, life goes on, right? At least um, it, it may seem that way on the outside. But, you know, we got baseball, thankfully, uh, that we can talk about and kind of get our minds off of it. Uh, the Yankees have been playing well lately, with the exception of that one series in, uh, against Chicago, where they kind of, like, spanked us for, <laughs> for poor behavior a little bit there. Um, so, and then we took care of business in Baltimore. So it's been, a, it's been a good week for the Yankees so far. And now they're up seven, nothing against the Tampa in game one. Well, it's been a great week, except for this injury bug that seemingly has come out of nowhere. And just, I, I called it, man, somebody that played with voodoo, hit a black cat, broke a mirror, opened Pandora's box, said that God's not real or did, did something. To, to cause this because you got Chad Green and Luis Hill blowing out their elbows, needing Tommy John surgery. You got Timmy LaCastro out with a knee injury. Ben Rortford just got transferred to 60-day IL with a knee injury. DJ's wrist is all jacked up. You got Giancarlo and Aaron – well, Giancarlo pulling his calf. Hicks pulling his hamstring. Uh, what else has happened? Um, you know, the, you got Higgy and Gallo coming back from um, – COVID. COVID. Donaldson, yeah. Donaldson also was and on the COVID Donaldson, IL as well. But his shenanigans in Chicago didn't help his cause either. So he's got a one game suspension hanging over his head. Yeah, but and he was he, and he was on the COVID IL too before as yeah. that all as all that was happening. So and, and then well, you know, thank God you can go into the depth pieces and bring up, you know, Miguel and Duhar, who my God, has he turned himself into a left fielder. I remember what it looked like when they first put him out there in the in left field. The guy couldn't figure out what was what and you know you got him diving for a ball today and he just he just looks like a hell of a lot better of a left fielder than he did when he, the last time we saw him playing in the outfield but uh and oh, well, Isaac, a shoulder injury uh chapman achilles injury like my 
God, like, I hope this is the end of it. I hope they've gotten it out of their system. Uh, RIP to Luis Hill and Chad Green, probably seeing 2023-4-ish. Um, but it looks like if this keeps going the way it's going, uh, Kenny Waldachuk and Hayden Wisniewski are going to find themselves on the 40-man roster sooner than later with the way things are going. The end of the year, they're going to be on the forty man. They're going to have to be on the forty man roster. But yeah. going back to what you were saying about Andohar, right before we started, started this, Danny and I were talking about Andohar. We're going, this he is he's turned himself into a legit left fielder. I mean, you're going from a below average third defensive, defensively below average third baseman, zero range, and he just had this hiccup in in his throw that he just couldn't figure out who the guy who the guy was running down first base, whether it's fast or slow. He just had to double pump it every single time to get that ball over there. Now he can. Now he's tracking balls down in the outfield. He's making the plays like he. It looks fluid, and I say you know you give give the kid all the credit in the world because you know 2018 he had his that's he had the sh- the shoulder injury when he was diving back to third base. So 2018's out. Then 2019, 20, 21. He's been down, and even the beginning of this part, he's been down the minors. And they're not just keeping him at third base. They're playing him in the left field the entire time. So he's getting the reps that he needs, and he's getting, he's getting that all that time. Plus, working in the Dominican in the wintertime, working at all the facilities. He's working with <clears throat> in the outfield to get better. I mean, this is now three years of him, three, four years of now him trying and pushing and pushing and pushing. So the, the proof is in the pudding that he's put the work in. And so, this might be an unpopular opinion, but if he keeps getting better – I'm sorry, I'm DFAing LaCastro and I'm keeping Andujar on the 40-man roster because even though he was brought up as a Kobe replacement, it doesn't affect his options. He's got no option. If it if this were to affect his options, they would have no choice but to keep him on the roster or they would have to DFA him, wait for him to clear waivers, which probably wouldn't happen. He would get picked up by somebody. Um, and my guess is someone like the Red Sox or um maybe even tampa you know it's someone that needs outfield help of some kind or even a even a corner infielder i mean even though he's a third baseman by trade naturally but if this keeps going the way he's going i I would keep him on the 40 man and say bye-bye to timmy one knee so that's just my opinion no no oh yeah all right so um what i like about what andrew hart's doing in left field is that he's making Plays that seemingly should be hard look a little easy. He made a couple plays in a gap at, y- at Yankee Stadium, which we all know has a huge left field gap. So he, he made a play uh, over the weekend that just easy, easy. made it look easy. He made a play today, diving, like Dave said, another play in the gap. So he's doing things that a major league level left fielder should be doing. So it's good to see he put the work in um, and, and is getting the job done. The thing, I want to see him with the bat. I want to see – you know, what he did in 2018. Um, well, 20, 2017, when I think it was 2017, 2018, whatever it came, whatever year it was. But uh, I, I just want to see him kind of rake the way he did before. Um, and maybe he forces a situation where someone either Gallo or Hicks gets less playing time. Because if, if Mickey's stick translates and, and, and continues to be hot, then who's going to get more playing time between those three? That's you know, Danny, I'm glad you brought those two up because this is a perfect segue for what I was going to talk about tonight. And I, I, I've had it. I've had it with Gallo and I've had it with Hicks. All right. Joe Gallo has a 0.2 war, a 181. Uh, he's 18 for 105. Ooh. He's got a 171 batting average, OBP 287 slug. 324 OPS 611. I'm done. I'm done with the hard hit ball percentage. I'm done with the expected base hits, whatever nonsense they're pulling up. Great. He's great. He's great on defense. Cool. You're still going 0 for 4, 0 for 5, 1 for 4. Enough. I'm tired of this mentality of, oh, he might be. I don't care. He isn't. He is not the answer. You were paying him nine and a half million dollars to take away a roster spot from somebody else that can produce. And I'm over it. Aaron Hicks saying, and Gal has played 36 games. Hicks has played 39 games. He's got a negative 0.1 war 24 for 115 with a home run. 
you know, batting 209, slashing 209, 338, 243, and 582. And Higashioka, same thing. In 25 games, he's got a negative 0.6 war, 11 for 68, slashing 162, 224, 206, and 430. These three got to go. And I don't know. I don't know what you're going to do with the catching position. There is no help out there. So you're kind of stuck with Higgy, unless you want to bring up David Friedis, Rob Rantley, or Max McDowell from AAA. Those are viable solutions, I guess. Well, well, well Brantley got DFA'd. Yeah, well, he's going to clear waivers and go back to AAA because he's got no minor league options left. Um, but if they're going to go forward, I get it. Hicks is making $40 million over the next four years. You're gonna you're paying them either way. You're paying them to not produce and take a roster spot away from somebody. I'd rather see them pay him, pay him and cut him loose and let someone else have his position, either Florial or Ender Enciarte or you know somebody that's got to be more deserving of a roster spot and playing time over these, over these three. It's just the fact. I hear you, man. I agree. I, I agree. Hicks. I'm done with Hicks and Higgy. Both those that H and H I'm done. I'm done with both those guys, you know, hurt, double and hurt, H. Mo- hurt yeah, double H hurt and hurt more. That's what, it, you know, like offensively, offensively, both of them are black holes. The thing that with, with Higgy, I'll talk about Higgy right now. Higgy. The thing that got me was, his defense and his pitch calling has dropped off. The minute he kind of got anointed after Gary left, he was anointed the he starting can't deal with catcher. The Cannot like, deal with the pressure. You know, obviously. The, well, obviously, because I mean, things like the simple things that he would do was no no catcher's interference. Now he's got at least two calls. On, I've watched him get two calls, maybe mm-hmm. more. His yep. pitch his pitch selections not that not that well. You know, his big thing was that he was the guy that was catching Cole. Cole's not even pitching to him anymore. I mean. Four you know, pass ever, balls. You're right. Four pass balls. I mean, and then I'm all about Trevino, man. Jose oh. Trevino in the last three games has been has been great. I mean, you don't need a great catcher. I mean, this is gonna sound pretty bad to say, but you know, Jorge Posada was not the greatest offensive catcher. He got by. He, he would give you a 285, 20 to 25 home runs a season, nearly 100 RBIs. He had the respect oh. of the pitching staff. Knew how to call a game. You know, he was not. Like, he was not a great. He was. He was far from a great defensive catcher. I mean, he was average. Well, that's what I. That's what I'm probably. I don't know, my brain's fried from too much sun over the weekend, apparently. Um, <laughs> but you don't need a stud catcher. You just need a solid person behind the plate that's going to call a great game and get you through nine innings and right. not Trevino, look stupid. <laughs> Trevino's, you know, obviously a hundred percent percentile when it comes to framing, and you know he's. I'm not sure. I haven't looked at his offensive run saved or anything like that uh, for a couple of weeks now, but I'm sure he's still tops in the big, in the big league. So uh, you could just see he's kind of taking over that role. Higgy is what he is. He's a backup catcher, and that's what he will always be. He would never be more than a backup catcher with occasional pop. And he still is, you know, uh, he's got a donut for Homer still, and he's still hitting like 160, right? Yeah. But I what Trevino doing what he needs to do, all, all Higgy needs to do is just call a good game, like Marcus saying, catch the ball, throw runners out, get back to the basics. Uh, so I, I, we need Higgy to get back to doing that before. If he continues to do it, like into June, July, like June, July, then Yankees should seriously consider uh, making an upgrade. But I, who's out there? Wilson Contreras? I don't want Wilson Contreras. I mean, yeah, he won a World Series, you know, and all that, but I just don't see him being like that that general type of guy that, that's going to take this pitching staff and keep it where it's at. I mean, the catching depth around the league has – from the, as far as I've been watching Terrible. baseball, this is the worst I've ever seen it. Like, yeah. there's just nobody. I mean, you get Stephen Vogt. I mean, other than that, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he, he got nothing. That's why I was kind of – I know this is going to sound really unpopular to say, but when that trade for IKF went down and they got rid of Sanchez, it was like, okay, well, Gary wasn't like the best defensively, but I mean, now we've created more of a problem trading him away rather than, you know, just, 
I don't know what I'm trying to Gary, say. Gary was Gary was one of those guys. He just needed. I feel like that trade created a more of a problem than it solved, in my opinion. Yeah, no, you I solved get... the issue at shortstop. Didn't really solve anything at third base because Gio had that on lock, and then you created a more of a problem behind the plate, in my opinion, by trading Sanchez away and giving it to Higashioka. I mean, and not to keep bagging on Kyle, but. He's here by basically default. The only reason why he ended up in the majors anyway is because they parted ways with Austin Romine. And he was basically the top catcher in the system at the time when they parted ways with Austin Romine when he went to Chicago, went to Detroit. Um, so no, I'm I'm just I'm just over it. I'm sick and tired of seeing the same problems persist game in and game out. I mean, well, I mean, there's a lot, there's not many problems with the best team in baseball. Well, yeah, I mean, when I say pro, I mean, you know, the, the, what within five Dave, days we lost half the roster. <laughs> Dave is getting the, the whip out, all right? And he's making sure that all these guys got to I want a World exactly Series and I want it now, do. damn it. <laughs> I'm done waiting. It's been 12 years. I'm over it. Like, enough. These guys, these guys should not be humans and mess nope. up. No, it's got, we gotta go no back. To have it, this has to be this has to be like the video games where they put, you put them in there. They're supposed to perform like you think they are and that's move it. forward, and that's it. So, and, <laughs> just move the gameplay like, sliders all the way to hundred, right? Yeah exactly. yeah, exactly. So there's a couple things that you said there that I disagree with in terms of like the the, the oh, Sanchez goodness, trade was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, let's it, go, let's go, Darren. Sanchez, the Sanchez trade. Gio, he's not all that, all right? When it came to range defensively at third, it was below average. He has a good arm. He made the spectacular play here and there, and he hit the guy the nearly died falling there. into the abyss of the Tampa right. Bay dugout yeah. to catch a right. ball. He's I a say a that's pretty damn player. good range. He's a sentimental player. You like him because he tries hard, right? Joss Donaldson actually does what he needs to do. I'm sorry, a, but I've seen you or Shella make way better plays at third base than Josh Donaldson, my dude. <laughs> because Donaldson doesn't need to dive because he has actual range. That, that's that's the thing. He has a three three defensive runs saved at third base. Him and, and DJ tandem are better than what Gio presently is, and he's hitting like 220 in Minnesota. So I, I don't want to hear about Gio and and his and his great diving plays because he didn't have range. Donaldson is making the plays. Because he has the range, right? So and now five homers, the bats coming around, fourteen RBIs. Yeah, he's on the COVID IL. Yeah, he makes really dumb comments, right? He's he's not the best clubhouse guy, probably. We could we could all maybe agree on that. But when it comes to production on the field, Josh Donaldson is better than Gio uh, than Gio Gonzalez, Gen, Gio Urshela. I'm pretty down. sure the two of them probably have the same batting average right now. Who has more homers? Who has more RBIs? I guarantee you, it's Josh Donaldson. And who has more defensive runs saved? Also, Josh Donaldson. Josh Donaldson, hands down, better player than Gio Urshela. So we improve improve it there. IKF was hand, um, you know, way better than Glaber was at any point in time last season. At short, right? Even though he's hitting two fifty. You know, we're not really concerned about the bat with IKF. He puts the ball in play. He steals bases. He gives us a different element. And then we got the opportunity to get to get Trevino. And you see what he's done with this with this uh, pitching staff, him and Higgy. So the Yankees are, are better. I don't think – if the Yankees kept Gio and, and Gary, we'd be having the same problems that we had the past couple of years. I agree. I agree with I, – I kind of – I see where both your points. I'm going to take the middle ground on this. You can't you can't argue with the trade because right now we're the best team in baseball with 32 wins and 13 losses better than you know better than than the you know the Mets you know bums those you know, the Queens faction they sit down there they're riding high for you know five days thinking they were the best thing since sliced bread but bottom line is that the team is performing better right now without Gio without Gary they're performing without IKF hitting the ball well. But he's not here to hit the ball while he's for his defense. But he actually just had another error today. I think it's his sixth on the year. So that's it. Bring up Peraza. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. I'm, you know, Paul wouldn't. Paul wouldn't. I talk every day, and we're you know Peraza's turning it around right now. He's he's. Everyone said that you had to wait. He had to have like half a year in in AAA before he's he'd be ready. 
he's getting to that point where he's he should be ready to be up in the majors. So that's that's a that's another conversation for another time. You know, Donaldson's he's been third base, but he's not been there. He's I, I don't know is the numbers how how often he's been at third base, but I mean with DJ kind of floating around, DJ playing second, DJ playing third. I mean Donaldson doesn't doesn't have to play third every single day for him to be there. So he gets his time at DH. He gets his time um, at third, like what four you know four days out of the week he's playing third base, three days he's DHing or something like that. Kind of have that nice little rotation going. So I think the fle- I think the most important thing is that it's the flexibility that the Yankees have now that they couldn't have before, and I think also. They finally understood. And they finally gave in to Stanton when he said, "I feel better when I play in the field," which that will go for, which that should change the whole configuration of the outfield because now Judge, who he's saying he likes playing center field, he's moving back. He's moving over to center field, which can put Stanton in right field. Then you have Gallo or Hicks, you know, or or Andujar instead of the two of them playing left field. So Danny. Um, hate the brush your bubble, but Gio is batting 254 and Donaldson's batting 238. What's his OPS? What's Donaldson's OPS? Because I guarantee you, Donaldson, Donaldson had 24 straight games getting on base. You're on mute, Dave. So Gio's OPS is 669. <laughs> and get out of here. Get out of here. Uh, do, 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 do. Donaldson oh, is 764. Okay. Right. But, yeah. no. 100 points. That's nothing to sneeze at. 669 is below <laughs> league average in a time where league average is like 700. So, it, it's not good. All right. Well, let's stop living in the past and talk about more <laughs> current events okay. before we let's all get <laughs> Yelled at by our listeners. Why these guys living in the past? <laughs> if you want to live in the present right now, man, we can talk about the fact that the Yankees Dude, we just won seven to two. Tampa Bay seven to two. Then we gotta go. Hopefully, pound out Kluber tomorrow. Um, that'd be nice. And then uh, McClanahan uh, the That's next day. Tough. So, but he's going up against Severino. It's still gonna be tough with the lineup currently constructed. Yeah, it looks like a it looks like a spring training lineup. I get it. Yeah, you know, does, you're yeah. just gonna have to rely on some timely hitting, be more patient at the plate, and the pitching staff is just gonna have to be damn near perfect until yeah. we either get a day off or by the second coming of God, um, our guys get healed overnight. So, what a job by Nestor today, though, like Dude, to to go out there to shove to pitch into the ninth. To give our bullpen almost a full day off, that's some yeah. ace type stuff. That's, that's so ace so, type stuff. Hey, so if he's not in the conversation we, for Cy Young this year, like people need their heads examined. I was gonna say, forget I he should be in this conversation for Cy Young, but I'm also saying he should be the starting pitcher in the All Star game. Like, we should get mm-hmm. we should get on that bandwagon. We should mm-hmm. we should be pushing that one forward. Too. Well, his ERA going into tonight was fifth in the American League. So there's four other people. A one eight zero. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. He was number five in the AL. So who who's ahead of him? Do you know? I don't I know, know. Verlander was up there, like one three five, something like yeah. that. So man, but oh, just, uh Waka is just a little over one. He's three and oh with like a one oh three ERA or something stupid. Mm-hmm. Um but I to be honest, I don't know yeah. who else is in front of him. I, but with the way I think with Nestor's story. Combined with the performance, that mm-hmm. makes him like the perfect candidate to to put him out there in LA. That would be so dope. I will. I think we will all love to see that. Well, the way he's been successful is these guys, these hitters these days, they're geared to look for hard stuff between ninety seven and a hundred miles an hour. And here comes Nestor, and with the you saw it tonight against Tampa Bay, he had them all over the place, all off balance with this, you know, soft. To, 84 to 87 miles an hour with the off speed and the braking stuff. And then, you know, trying to hit a 92 mile an hour fastball with all this other, it's really just his arm angles that throw everybody for a loop. I love, I love, I his, love adjustments. <laughs> his adjustments mid game. Like, so that first inning, you know, they kind of, they kind of got some damage. They got runners on, you know, they got a 
a base hit. He walked a couple of guys, he got behind. But then after that, he kind of like adjusted, started throwing the fastball more. Start, he started seeing the slider, see, uh, throwing a lot more. That's something that over the past couple of starts, yeah, I really haven't seen from Nestor. And he's really getting that cutter in on the righties, you know, and he's even backdooring it now. Like, bro, if he could throw the cutter in and backdoor, that's so hard for well, a hitter to, to watch. Oh, it's absolutely 100%. Because remember, Mo used to, Mo used to have like two different cutters. He used to have that cutter that would sweep into the lefties, like a hard cutter that come in, and then he threw that back door against he threw the back door against lefties or even to the righties, where they're, the right handers are sitting there looking for it's like, oh, that's off the plate, it's not going to cut, and then or they're expecting to cut and it's like cuts real late, but such a soft cut that it was a strike. But going can back you to imagine, the, can you imagine if Mariano learned how to throw a slider or a curveball? How he didn't need to, but he always just imagine if he did. He, always, he, he tinkered with something every year. He's like, Oh, I'm gonna throw a two seamer this year, I'm gonna throw a changeup. He always tinkered with something in the spring training. Yeah. They're like, Now nah, we're just just throw the cutter. But Dave, what you were saying before with the ERA, you got Justin Verlander who's got a one, one 1.22 ERA with six and one record. You got Alex Manoa with a one. So glad we didn't ERA. sign him, yeah, right? Uh, Alex Manoa's got a 162. 1.62 ERA, excuse me. Martin per- Martin Perez has got a 1.64 ERA. Where the hell did he learn how to pitch? I don't know. <laughs> he couldn't pitch his way out of a wet paper bag in Boston last year. Yeah. Nestor Cortez, number four, or tied for fourth with a 1.7 ERA, with Paul Blackburn with a 1.7 ERA as well from Oakland. Joe Musgrove. Yeah, Paul Blackburn. <laughs> Paul Blackburn from Oakland, yeah, right. So, I mean, these are those. I mean, you got seven guys, and then you got Joe Musgrove on San Diego with a one point nine ERA, and then uh, Miles Mikolas from St. Louis yeah, has got a one point nine six ERA. Those are the those pitchers are the only ones underneath a two ERA. You got seven pitchers under a two. That's crazy. That's a lot. That's two yeah. almost two full months into the season. Hmm. That's, not, that's insane. So I'm hoping we're hoping that most of those guys throw up like a, a eight spot, you know, where it's just like you know they give up eight runs in the inning and they don't finish it out. Someone like Verlander gives up 25 runs and like 12. Dude, innings. that ain't gonna <laughs> happen. <laughs> I was hoping for that. JV's so been Nestor doing this for a very, very yeah. long time, man. And Yo, I'll tell. Well, I'll tell you one thing though. The crazy thing is, out of out of all the out of those. Uh, out of those seven pitchers, only that guy, only that guy, Miles Mikolas, has the most innings pitched at fifty-five innings. Next one is Nestor with fifty-three innings pitched. You got mm. Verlander at fifty-one point two, Manoa's at fifty, Perez has got forty-nine point one, Blackburn's only got forty-seven point two innings pitched. And you know what the crazy thing is? The most innings that Nestor's only Nestor's thrown in the season was ninety-eight and a third innings pitched. He's already at. 57, you said? 58? 53? 53. He's going to be well over 100 by midseason if he keeps pitching the way he's pitching. By midseason? We're talking, we're, we're talking, what, two months in? So another two months, he's over. He's over He's over that in two months. Yeah. yeah. Here's the other thing. That's, that's July. I mean, the end of July, he's going to be over two. He's going to be over 100 by the end of July. Here's the other thing I wanted you guys to take on. You see how J.P. Sears was dealing last night. How Nestor is able to do his thing. What the hell is Montgomery's issue? It's like this team just takes a mental day off when this guy pitches. And he pitched great the other day until Mike King came in and just completely just destroyed it with like one pitch. Well, um, Mike King, I think, is burnt. Is they've burnt? I think Mike King's oh, yeah. got a little burnt out. So I mean, they... Mike, Mike is Mike's burnt out. He needs he needs a vacation. Um, or just, or just give him, bring him back. Just reduce the workload. Just say one inning and the pitch selection. Stop going for sliders. Just hammer down that that sinker or the two seamer that he's throwing in the upper nineties. Work off that pitch instead of working off the slider. But, either that, or he's developed some kind of tell, or he's tipping his pitches that people are picking up on. Something's going on with him. It could be, but I think I, I think he's just in a little slump. He's he's going to get back to work. He's going to get back to it. I think. Uh, everybody goes through it. This is him just going through it right now. He made that mistake to to Ruby, and you know he he pulled it. He pulled that fastball. 
trying yeah. to go outside a four seamer and he just pulled it in. So I mean, just watching Sears pitch yesterday. I mean, granted, the league hasn't really seen him other than a couple of times beginning of the season, and he's been in AAA. But it's like he had two runs and he just shut the Orioles down. So it's like it got me thinking last night. Like this kid can go out there with the two run two run lead and just completely be fine. Yet Montgomery needs like twelve runs to get a friggin' win. Like it just. I don't know. It, it's baffling to me. I think it's just bad luck on Muncie's part. If you look at the runs, they, they talk about it all the time, right? It's like zero, zero, two, one, two. It's like yeah. the new, the the Manhattan area code. You know, it's like two, one, two. Like damn, bro. Okay, like that's how that's his run support. Um, so Monty's been pitching under stress for quite some time, and he's pitched well. He's got like a three three year RA, something like that. So he hasn't been pitching poorly. And also, Boone has had kind of a short leash for him. Like, you really don't see him go past that Five. three times through the lineup. Yeah, three times through the lineup, and that's it for Monty. Two two times, you know, Boone's going to take him out. So, all I know is that the bullpen. All I know is seeing the look on his face after King go that home run, he, he just looked like he wanted to just punch a wall. Like, I felt bad for him. It's like, dude, this kid yeah. cannot catch a break. Uh, but it reminds you know what it's funny. It reminds me of uh, two thousand one where you had Roger Clemens, yeah, Roger and Messina, where Roger would yeah. get like seven eight runs a game and Moose, Moose would have be like, like one one run, one run lead, and he just had to keep <laughs> give, dishing it and had to keep doing it and had to keep doing it every time. And he, some people are built for it, some people aren't. I mean, Monty Monty's pitching like that all season, so I mean that that's yeah. kind of that that's kind of that kind of makes it is going to it builds his character up more. You know, so that's something you're going to need. That's a po- that he's pitching like it's the postseason. You might get burnt out because of it too early on, but mm. he's, if he's pitching every game like right now, like it's a postseason game because he's got to be in it. Well, hopefully, the dog days of summer, he's going to be. It'll it'll help him fight through any problems that he's going to have in the dog days of summer. <laughs> you know, June, you know, July and August when every when the heat's on and everything's everything's kind of sh- crapping out on everybody. Yeah, he's going to be put. You know, he might be in that. He might already have like mentally focused like okay i'm dealing with this all season it's just another game yep so when we get healthy we're going to be dangerous again i mean the fact that we're still winning with our b guys right now and just kind of pile you know i want to say pile on but just continue winning and setting the foundation and be like hey you know that it's a good look for when john carlo comes back and donaldson and and what are we gonna do with Gallo? Like honestly, like what's gonna happen D-F-A. with Gallo and him? F A. Ah, trade, trade, trade. Oh, what? Trade. A box of pine tar and baseballs? Give me that. I don't care. Send them out to send them out to see to San Diego. There was a talk about. Who's him going gonna to San want them though? You're gonna need a viable trade partner. You can there where there's a will, there's a way. Like like you've said before, there's a t- there's a chance that he could get traded anywhere. He could get traded anywhere. I don't really. We don't have other, to. You get a, get a middle. Get a middle. Reds taking him. I really don't see where he fits in this league. I really don't. No he one's gonna take a guy that can't friggin' hit but the baseball. As long as you, well, listen. As long as you were understand, we're not gonna get top dollar for him. Well, we're, I'm not saying you're gonna get Luis no Castillo for him. Yeah, I'm just saying, I mean, we're, like, pay, we're right now. We're trading pennies on the dollar for him. Is, is what we're doing. I guess you could package him with something to either Cincy, Pittsburgh. Um, the Cubs, maybe. Um, Cubs are rebuilding. Arizona. Um, Arizona's rebuilding. I mean, I mean well, he's making a I lot mean, of friggin' money. That's the only problem. Well, he's also a free agent at the, at the end of the year too. So yeah, I mean, he's, so... I mean he's not going to be making a whole. You're not going to get a whole lot for him. So you can My take a look at. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Mark. My I was bad. just to say, you take a look. You can take a look around the league at. Trade deadline. Some teams are going to make that little extra push, and if you can, if you turn around and say, "I can dangle him out there," while trying to get a different piece along the way, why not? Like the Marlins made a deal last year; they got a uh, Starling Marte from Oakland. They just got a guy from the Giants today, too. Yeah, they just made. A, yeah, they just made the deal today. I mean, teams who, like who that. Or, from or, the Giants. I think, I think they got a catcher. I think it was a catcher. No, he was an outfielder. Um. I saw that today too. Like it was a big thing. ESPN was like, "Oh, there's a first trade in baseball." Oh. <laughs> yeah, but you, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, heck, he could even go to Detroit. I mean, Detroit is looking, you know, needs a whole lot of pieces. They're we're not going to get a, we're I not going to get what they need. You know, we're not going to get tons of things back from Detroit, but 
you get maybe like a middle middle reliever, you know, or a double A catcher maybe. That's what I'd be trading for. Well, Tucker listen, Barnhart. If you want to get catcher, send him to San Francisco. Give me Patrick Bailey on the way back. Mm. How would you fix them though? Because I feel like with both of them, it's an approach thing. Well, with Hicks, it's more than approach. Hicks is a mental thing because he's screwing up on defense too. Yeah. He's letting he's letting balls that he should be getting like when he's supposed to come in. He's letting them he's letting them bounce in front of him. I don't. He's got a Sorry. negative five dr drs. Hicks. 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 Negative like five. I, we we talked about this once before. I think Hicks needs that needs this full on phantom. It's now not not going to be a quote phantom dl, you know. But send him away for two weeks. Let his head get mm-hmm. get right. Then bring him back. I think you know. Doing that and then giving him like a couple days down in Tampa with the with the tarpons, let him hit there, then bring him back. You know, kind of play it where he can come back to the when he comes back to to the Bronx and let him go, let him go to uh, Somerset or let him go to Scranton Wilkesbury. Like get a couple games along the way there as as quote unquote his rehab. Uh, let him do rehab those spot those spots so he's close enough to kind of play again. With Gallo, Gallo's going to be what Gallo's going to be. He's going to strike out a, a ton. He's, he's already walk. said it. Yeah, he's already he's set the season. He's who he is. Spring training. This is how I am. Deal with it. Like he ain't gonna but, change. And it's 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 really starting to get a little frustrating because he's not even hitting the ball hard now. No, it's just like he's just rolling over. He's tripping, running out of Dan Moore's box. You saw he's, it last night. He's get he's getting tied up on a lot of pitches. Like pitches he should be he should be hammering. He's not hammering. And the pitches that, and he's letting go, he's letting a lot of pitches go down the middle. So he's oh, looking so for some. Many. He's looking for pitches. It's because of the shift. I can't hit. Shut up. I'm done. I don't want to hear this anymore. You know what? Do tell him. Do exactly. Yoan Moncada had a double bunting down the third base. Yeah, they refuse to start- do it. It's the most annoying thing in baseball. Bunt the damn ball down the third baseline. He tried it today, and he couldn't even do that. Yeah. So uh, cool. <laughs> go back to AAA where you belong. So. Today, and I think it was the first and second at bat, he he swung out a pitch up in his zone, and he's a stop swinging at those, right? But then to strike out after a 3-2 pitch, he took a pitch low. Like, bro, if you're not going to hit the high one, you got to hit the low one. It's, it's one or the other. And right now, he's not hitting anything. Nope. He's just rolling over on these on these breaking balls, lowering in that. He, he his, sw- his, yeah, his swing is, more, is, is geared for a low... For a low pitch, that's what it, like kind of like Mike Mike Trout. Mike Trout is a low ball hitter. Like he can he can right. absolutely hammer the low ball. Joey Gallo swings. The look on his face when he misses, he he looks confused. It's like, what are you confused about? Why do you look so lost? You've been doing this for a long time and you cannot figure it out. But maybe like, he is. You know, but maybe he is lost. That's the thing. Like he can't. Maybe right now he can't figure out why. You know. You know, in little league, they have the thing. It's called little league crack. Is when the, when the balls up here at your eyes, they those kids at that age, like nine, ten, eleven, they will swing at that ball every time it's thrown there. Because guess what? It's eye level. They think they can hit it. Can't do it. I've coached, told them, told them time and time again, you're not going to hit that pitch. You're going to tomahawk that thing. And the worst, the best thing you can do is drive it into the ground. What do they do? They'll still swing at it. And the ball goes higher. And some kids will swing at the ball that goes higher too, because because they think it's. It's easier for them to hit as opposed to low ball. Joey Gallo, just like Hicks, they need he they just kind of need to step away for a little bit. Kind of like going back to the minors. Um, Antonio Gomez, they sent him to expend, extended spring training for 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 a little bit, get himself right, and he came back up. Now he's cooking again. He's cooking real well in in in, the, in single A. So I mean, speaking maybe, of, go no, go ahead, Mark. I was just gonna say, your point. just. Getting away from the situation you're in for a little bit kind of clears your head, gets it away, and then you can come back with a fresh look on, of th- what things are going on. Speaking about Gomez, um, there was a little drama with Dominguez, what was it, yesterday or two days ago, when he deleted like his entire Instagram and he was taking <laughs> out the lineup. And we're like, who's being traded? Is he injured? What's going on? It was like this whole debacle. And it just turned out that his ankle hurt, and you know he fouled, he he fouled the ball. He fouled, yeah, yesterday. he fouled the ball off his foot. He was zero for two with two strikeouts, and then he fouled the ball off his foot. Oh, I gotta delete my Instagram now. <laughs> yeah, he was just angry. And, and, and he came. And you know what? He's back in the lineup today. So he went. I know he went, at least the last time I heard he was one for four. 
and in the month of May, five homers. His batting average is up to two eighty. You know, My the dude. Martian is coming. The Martian is. is coming. Oh. oh yeah, no, I'm I'm fully expecting him to be called up in making the make the jump to high A ball in this month in June. He's got. <laughs> They don't do that in June. I don't know what they're thinking because at this point, there's no re- see... there, there's no reason to, for him not to he not to be up bumped up anymore. I don't see Dominguez cracking a major league roster until maybe twenty five or twenty six. Twenty six is too far away. I th- you I think th- so with the way they're slow playing this? Twenty six years old or. No, 2026. They're going to sign Gallo a five-year, $150 million contract this offseason. You know that's going to happen. And Aaron Hicks is probably going to get a 10-year extension for $300 million. Um, maybe, who knows? Maybe they'll bring back Brett Gardner or the ghost of Brett Gardner. <laughs> so I'm surprised you didn't come back today. Everyone take a chill pill. Yeah, right. <laughs> Now with, with with Dominguez, I think it's going to go like this. I think they're gonna they're gonna play the game where it's gonna be this this year's gonna be the big thing for him, where it's goes to low A, then he's gonna go to high A ball, then he's gonna start the year off next year in high A ball unless he really takes off in high, then gets the bump to double A. But next at some point next year he's gonna be in double A. The year after that he's gonna be in triple A, and then knocking on the door getting a cup of coffee for for the bigs. But there's so many you got to remember this also. There's so many outfielders ahead of him right now you know you got dunham you got lockridge you got floreal you got Pereira. you know what i'm saying like it's kind of there there's a wealth of outfielders that that are playing the positions that they have to they kind of have to figure out and move move those guys around before they can do that it's kind of like the shortstop position you can't you can't move you know volpe hasn't proven himself that he can to be to have the jump to triple a but even so for us uh, you know Braz is over there and he's doing well. There's no reason to bump him off. Sweeney can't bump up because Volpe's there and and the line goes down, the, it goes back down the line. Like everyone's kind of held in their spots where they are. Unless, you, unless you're really forcing the issue, then, you're, then they have to really assess and re, reassess the situation. But nobody's really pushing that envelope. Dominguez, yes, just, well, except for catching, which I always said that, that Austin Wells, even though I don't still don't think he's future the catching future for the team he's been hitting the snot out of the ball before he got injured he should have been in he should have started the season in double a the only reason why he's not is i think that they were just they want him to work more on his his defensive on his defensive metrics framing defense you know uh throwing the ball throw the throws down to second base because those all those things were were really bad or or substance subpar and he's made and he's made big steps in that but you know, he should. You know, his bat was playing like there's no. You know, batting. He was batting 300 in high A ball when he after he was smoking the ball in, eight, in the Arizona Fall League. You know, he was on. He was on par. He was up there for like for like a player of the of the of the year in Arizona Fall League because he was doing so well. But yeah, they also they also refute in like the big the big some of the big games they didn't put him behind the plate because they he wasn't good enough to be behind the plate. So. Uh, Volpe, you know, even though the numbers aren't there, like the traditional numbers, like batting average and all that, is not there. He's just been doing the little things down there in Double A, and he's still being dynamic. I think he has he has almost twenty steals, right? And it's not even June yet, so I think he's at eight, at eighteen, and he's getting on base. He's striking out a little bit too much. He's got thirty eight last time I checked, and like a hundred. He's got a lot of hard hit ball. He's got a lot a lot of hard hit balls too. So yeah. A lot of atom balls. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just um, – it's going to be a matter of time before Volpe finds success and, success in batting average and the traditional numbers right. because the peripheral numbers are just – they're there. And I'm still excited about that because he's still doing little things, getting on base, running the base as well, having a good attitude despite hitting like 175 right now. Right. So, and that's think, captain think, stuff right there. I think people just need to pump the brakes with this kid a little bit. People forget he's only 21 years old playing double A baseball. I think it's going to take at least two to two and a half years in double A for him to get right before he makes the jump to triple A. Ooh, uh, I, I think that's very conservative. Hey, yeah. I like to play it safe. What can I say? Well, th- well, think of it this way. Do you want to do it right or do you want to rush it and damage the finished product? Peraza only spent I, what? Peraza only spent last year in double A. And, okay. he start, and he started in high. He started in high A ball, 
within like a month he was promoted to double A, and by the end of the year he was in triple A. That's all he spent in double A last year, and he smoked the, he's, him and 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 Oswald and uh, Oswald Oswaldo yeah, Cabrera. You're also smoking. trying to compare a kid that came out of out of the uh, where did he, he's from the Dominican, right? Venezuela. You're comparing a kid coming out of Venezuela playing baseball since he was like out of the womb, comparing him to Volpe, who. You know, Volpe, you know, Volpe, they Yankees well, took Volpe in the first in the first round. Yeah, and, first and, round my, and, my, and mind you, Volpe was on was on the same team as Jack Leiter in high school, yeah. and they won the state championship in a really competitive jersey. I'm not saying the kid's horrible. Yeah, I'm just so. saying that they just need to, I think, slow it down a little bit with expectations. So, I mean, so, you you get the feeling that people are expecting him to be in Triple A by the end of this year, and then playing shortstop in the major leagues halfway through the season next year. I think that's unrealistic, my opinion. No, I agree with you on that. But I think that people do have a lot of high expectations for him, and I also don't think that they they. Re- I think that they forget that there's other people on this team, that there's people ahead of him on the pecking order as well. But you know, we talk about it all the time. Oswald Peraza is already is ahead of him on the pecking order. Yeah. If there's someone going to be called up to play shortstop. It's going to be Peraza. It's not going to be. It's not going to be Volpe. And people forget IKF is only 26 years old. If IKF can figure it out and start hitting home runs and bat over 300 and steal a bunch of bases, then what? Then you're looking at possibly IKF being the long-term solution at shortstop and everybody else is expendable. If, if IKF becomes that, I'll be really surprised. I think we have a, I, I really see Volpe in the big leagues or knocking on the door by 2024. Um, cause we got to see how the second half of this season goes in double a, cause he could very well tear it up, you know, with, with those peripheral numbers being what they are, and the mindset that he has, it's only going to lead to success, especially at double a, despite his age. So I think it's important to see how the second half goes. And I would not be surprised if in the beginning of 2023, you see Volpe up there with Peraza Cabrera in triple a and uh knocking on the door for the big leagues for sure 100 percent by 2024 let's let's go to let's go down this rabbit hole for a second here if the three oh, of them boy. are in triple if the three of them are in triple a together where what, what's their what's the positions for each for them well you got Volpe at short i think he put peraza at third and cabrera at second i'd go uh, and wells cabrera. at first well, Wells hasn't Cabrera. even made a double yet. Double I'm yet. just saying, hypothetically, if they all end up there at the same time. I'll go Cabrera at third, Peraza at short, Volpe at second. I'm with that. I like, that that's where I was going with Danny. Or or Cabrera might – this is a little, little far-fetched there, but I could see Cabrera as the center fielder too. Has he gotten uh, off the reps yet? This year? I don't think I've, so. I've, 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 I think he I've, did a little bit last year, but I am very fuzzy on that. I, I know he was practicing in the offseason getting getting outfield reps. But they were kind of trying to make him more, more of a utility guy, like do the middle infield and then center field, like that that triangle right there. But yeah. I think I, I definitely see Peraza as defensively is more of the shortstop than Volpe is. I think mm-hmm. Volpe has more of the offensive capabilities. That more offensively, Volpe's got it over Peraza. So if if the arm strength, if if Volpe's arm strength comes through, then maybe Volpe goes to third base. Yeah, oh yeah, that you know, but he's he's got. I, I want. I don't want to say small, but in terms of stature, because Jose Ramirez is a, he's a short dude, mm-hmm. but stature wise, he's Jack. But Volpe's not quite that type of Jack. So he's definitely got the middle infield type of body. And I, I would like to see him play up the middle as opposed to the corners, just based on that. I'm with the you, occasional man. third base. All so right. how, how are we looking on the polls this week? So did you guys do the uh, DJ Grand Slam one last week? I don't no, know. I'm back about five days or so, so that's why I was kind of curious. Anyway, we can go back to it. No big deal. So this is from five days ago. Slap of the game goes to DJ. One for four with the Grand Slam coming in hot at 48%. John Cottles, three for four at 22%. And Holmes with a four-out save at 30%. 23 votes contributing to that. 
So in case anyone doesn't know, DJ hit his 10 and five deal a day. So congratulations to him. Uh, 10 years in the major leagues. He's now vested. So congrats to DJ. And hopefully uh, his risk gets better. This was from two days ago after losing three straight. The Yankees need to get back on track. What are some things you'd do to get the team rolling again? Lineup change at 41%. Bullpen usage coming in hot, 45% with the win. And the others comment below with 14%. 51 people contributing to that. Let's check out some of these comments. Uh, getting lineup back in order from at glasses judge. Thanks for the comment. Uh, at Saad John, one, two, three, zero, zero. Uh, is that a championship lineup with Hicks, Gallo, a catcher who can't hit? <laughs> Very few streaky <laughs> hitters. It needs to be addressed. <laughs> and the sooner the better. I hear you, my dude. Um, let's see. At Polly Bowes, <laughs> LF and CF cannot continue to be unproductive. Hmm, weird. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God! Some of these comments, man. Yeah, I, you know, to to the people complaining about left field and center field, um, we hear you. Um, your center field, your best center fielder plays right field ninety five percent of the time, which is complete nonsense, considering he played center field in high school, college, and the minor leagues. Um, I don't care that he's a big guy or not. Don't give me that nonsense. He can obviously, you know, rake in the outfield day to day, regardless of his stature. So I don't want to hear any more that Aaron judge can't play every day. Cause he's a big guy. I'm tired of it. Moving on. Um, we're in the I think the, oh, b- oh, before you move on, Dave, mm-hmm. there's two things I want to say. What's up? Clay Holmes is probably the best reliever in baseball right now. He's got yeah, a 0.41 ERA. So yeah, I think. Yeah. No, hundred <laughs> percent. Right. And at what point in time are we going to talk more about, Aaron Judge being a legitimate MVP candidate. Because we haven't spoken I, about it today, but I, I think that's an important conversation to have at some he's point. Batting, he's batting over he's, 300. Dude, he's he, already there. He's batting over 300, not, and he's got, and he's got what, leads the league in home runs, too. So Let, I mean, let me tell you something. If Aaron Judge continues on this track, I think they said he's on pace to hit 66 home runs this year. Something stupid. But if he continues to play like this and manages to stay healthy and everything like that, and so help me God, if Mike Trout or Shohei Otani got the MVP award, whoever is voting on this stuff should be removed from voting for this because that just proves that this league has some kind of love affair for Trout and Otani. I'm sorry. Yeah, Mike Trout might be a great outfielder. He is. I'm not taking anything away from that. But the guy's constantly injured, has not won a World Series. Yeah, his stats and his awards speak for themselves. But, I mean – I'm over it. I'm just done every year of saying that he's better than, you know, other outfielders when at times he's only played a half a season for like what the last three years. I can't even remember the last time Mike Trout played a full season. Yeah. I mean, well, the well, oh, the thing right now too. So it'll be interesting to see. Go ahead, Mark. I was going to say the one, the one thing he, last year, he last year, you have a legitimate beef. He was injured last year. The year before was the COVID season, but all the years yeah. before then he's had, he's played, over 130, 140 games in all those seasons, in all the seasons he's been there. He's he's not injury prone. Like you know, everyone says, Judge is injury prone, right? So we have the, this big thing that Judge has gotten injured. Uh, for all, um, he's you know half I mean, the time he's played, he's half the time he's played, he hasn't played. He's only played like 120 games, like three times out of the six years he's been in the league. I mean, he really hasn't been injured that much. In 2016, he tweaked his calf. He was out the rest of the, the rest of that September, and then. He gets his wrist broken by I forget who from the Kansas City Royals. My dad and I were just actually go actually went to the game the day after that. And Jacob um, Junis. Yep. Busted his wrist. Then he dives for a ball in the outfield and punches a lung and plays the rest of the season and the postseason like that. And then after that, it was he went down for two weeks with COVID. So the way I see it, his injuries really aren't self-inflicted at all. They're, well, they're he's had, well, he's had, the, he's, had the oblique, he's had the he's, he's had the oblique injuries too. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah, okay. The oblique injury when he first came up, then he had it again. Where what for the entire season, all the home run, the home runs he was hitting, when he had what like that's when what Brett Gardner had more home runs than 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 Judge had. All and all he was doing, he couldn't pull the ball. He was just hitting them all to right. Anything was to right field. 
So, I mean, there's there's times that the, there is the narrative out there that Judge has been an injury, has been has had injury problems. Not to say he's injury prone or not injury play, because some, some of them are flukes. The broken wrist is, is a fluke injury. You fluke. can't. But some of the other things, the obliques, the the the, the, uh, the calf injuries that he had because he had that from Tampa Bay, like those types of injuries, you can attest to what's been going, you know, to the body. You say the body type, but I think for him, the the training under Cressy has changed him up a lot. Like they've done a lot more of the plyometrics, they've a lot more stretching, yoga, Pilates, that kind of stuff has been brought in. Not more of the just the heavy heavy lifting, and I think all that all that's also helped John Carlo too because now it's not very rigid now he's been able now it's more flexibility but yeah they've been doing yoga so oh yeah but 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 going back to what you're saying he is he is 100 the mvp candidate right now yeah no absolutely like i said if he doesn't win this year I, i'm someone needs but, to get their head examined oh yeah but he keeps on this pace and stays but anybody but, but they have but for a yankee to get the mvp they have to have a crazy year like all the, like when a rod won won the mvp when he was with the yankees when he when he got his mvps with the yankees he had Absolutely insane years, fifty-four um, home runs, hundred thirty yeah, RBIs. Also probably on steroids too. Yeah. Tap, tap the arm, Jack. And, you know, Let's be real. It happens, man. Do you <laughs> do you care about anymore. it? I don't care. I mean, it it was accepted in baseball. Like, I mean, not really at that point because they had the testing procedures and everything in place. But I mean, if they had all the testing and he just remember this, other than the two thousand three. Aaron never tested positive for steroids, other than other than his, <laughs> than his name being called out for that one. Like, so when he knows, when maybe he got... the ball was juiced back then too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on before we stay up all night. Um, where was I? Oh, yesterday, who won the slap of the game? Uh, Jose Trevino with the home run and three RBIs coming in at one hundred percent, twenty three votes. Monty. Six innings, two runs, five Ks, getting no love. Yeah. It's pretty, he's getting no love from his teammates, and he's getting no love from the fan base. Monty, my man, I, I feel bad for you, my dude. Like, I just want to, you know, feel bad for you, my man. Hopefully so, you pull through this. <laughs> so this for that poll, stupid. For that poll, I was seriously considering putting, like, his father's name in there. But I didn't know if many people were going to understand that Joe Boogie Trevino would be like the slap of the game for for that. Like, who is that guy? Like, this yeah. is dad, man. You yeah. know, and that was that was a Trevino game right there. And I think when we go back to like Yankee Classics, twenty years from now, when when they won the World Series, and <laughs> this year we we will be back in a nursing home in our walkers. <laughs> like, oh, yelling yelling at the TV. I, I fully game. expect to be in a nursing home yelling at Mark, the TV. Mark, you'll be sitting in a wheelchair drooling over yourself. Like, who are you kidding? <laughs> Do that now. <laughs> well, that's because you – never mind. Forget it. I'm not going to go down this road with you. Um, and then yesterday, slap of the game for from game three against the Birdland goes to – well, Miguel and Duhar went two for three with an RBI on a stolen base. He got 4% of the vote. JP Sears, five innings, two walks, five Ks. Gets the win at 85%. Ron Marinaccio, two innings and three Ks. Guys get, guy gets no love. Comes back from the minor leagues and starts pitching phenomenally. Gets absolutely no love from the fan base. Shame on you all. This kid could not finish an inning about three weeks ago. Goes down, fixes himself, and comes back, and it's still not good enough for you? I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. And then Clay Holmes getting 11% of the vote with the one inning save, which almost got a little interesting last night. But anyway, we pulled through. Um, Anybody got anything else they want to add before we wrap this up? Well, I think it's not going to be a shocker who the slap of the game is going to be for this for tonight's game. Oh yeah, Nasty Nestor, one hundred percent. I'm not even. Gosh. We're not even going to make a poll. Like, if you don't yeah. think Nestor deserves a slap, then you know you obviously have been watching baseball this season. So, um, with that being said, um, like we said, hearts and hearts go out to the people in Texas with this nonsense that went on the other day. Um, it is just absolutely terrible. I got a two-year-old, and I can't imagine sending him to school one day and him not coming home. Um, so, yeah. So I think we've touched on that. Uh, you can check out our link tree. All of our links are there. Check that out. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Anchor, 
there are a couple of new ones I found out. Uh, Podcast Republic, Podcast Addicts, apparently a two podcast platforms you can check us out on. Uh, Castbox, uh, you can also check us out there. Also hit up our YouTube channel. You got our Twitter at Bronx Machachos One on Twitter at Real Bronx Machachos on Instagram. And uh, I'm kind of experimenting with with TikTok a little bit, guys. I don't know if uh, you guys have been seeing my post, my my uh, post game recast, but kind of been taking off a little bit. So that might be something we might have to dabble into as a group. Um, and then also can't let you guys go without thanking our international audience in Mexico, Canada, Germany. UK, Chile, Puerto Rico, Bahamas, Venezuela, France, Spain, Brazil, and Australia. Although Germany and Ireland, we got to have a talk. We see you guys hitting up the link tree all the time, but no listens. Go give us a listen. It's okay. Come join the fun. We don't bite. You know, you can give us a listen. Um, but honestly, all you guys listen to us internationally. We just hit a listening audience of 2% in Mexico. So shout out to Mexico, making it to number three on our audience list according to anchor so um and also shout out to our brother alex who's at home recovering from a procedure should be out for a little bit but um he'll be popping in from time to time um, as he recovers so shout out to him um and for danny and mark i'm dave box machacho signing off